0: May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning. My name is Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. I am really glad you're here today as we continue in our series, Unshakable. In this series, we are working our way through the top seven prayer request topics that we get turned in on the back of the connection cards right here. And today, we reach the topic that far outpaces everything else. It is number one by a long shot. In fact, we receive prayer requests when it comes to the topic of illness, over two to one of anything else we're talking about in this entire series. And for me, it personally hits home. It was Monday, February 5th, 2007. Got home from work just to Another normal day up here at church, hanging out with my family. My phone rang. It was my mom. She said, "Adam, I need you to come over." I said, "Sure." My mom lived in the next neighborhood, uh, right over. She said, "Something's wrong with your dad." She said, "I got home from work and he was already there, which is very unlike him." She said, "He he isn't coherent. He's slurring his words. Something's really wrong. I need you to come. Help me get him to the emergency room immediately." So, I mean, I jumped in the car, and I'm flying as fast as I can. Right before I turn on their street, a Holy Spirit just prompts me. It was as if he was preparing me because I knew this isn't good. This isn't gonna be an easy deal. And I didn't know what I was walking into. And So I stopped right there looking at their street sign before I turned down it and I called a really good friend of mine, Brandon C. He's one of the guys that's up here helping lead worship in the jacket with us this morning. I called him, I told him what was going on. I said, Brandon, I'm scared. I said, I need you to pray for me. He prayed for me. He said, let me know what's going on. So we got him to the emergency room and very quickly after they started running tests, they started working on the transfer papers to MD Anderson. My dad was quickly diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma brain tumor and given eight months to live. That's not how you write your life. It's just not part of the plans. But I'm gonna be honest with you. God was very gracious to us. My dad passed away July 3rd, 2009. Two years, four months, and 29 days. Praise God. Eight months would have been far too short. Every day was a huge blessing. In those moments, the question that kept coming up to my head was why? Why? Why do situations like that happen? Why, God, if you can do anything and you're all powerful and almighty, why do things like that happen? Why does the illness strike and completely change the course of our life forever? Why do you let this happen? You know the truth is? Most of the times we never find out why. Today's message really isn't about why, it's about when. When illness strikes, how can we be unshakable? Let's look, illness can strike anyone, anywhere, anytime. Illness is not a respecter of gender, position, It's not a respecter of age, wealth, social status. It strikes. Without warning, sometimes without cause, and there we are. In those moments, we feel helpless. Because it's one of those things that there's nothing that we can do There's nothing we can do when illness strikes. And the thing is, is that our helplessness often leads to hopelessness. And that's why. Prayer request number one is illness. It's because we feel hopeless. And we are crying out to God to help. Whether it's something as big as brain cancer, or whether it's something small like the flu and you're kidding you just can't get a hold of it and you see them struggling look i'm going to be honest with you when illness strikes you will be shaken you absolutely will be shaken but here's the thing that i want us to focus on today you don't have to be shaken apart It will shake you to the core sometimes. It will shake friendships. It will shake marriages. It will shake your family. But it doesn't have to end those things. It doesn't have to ruin them. It doesn't have to end your marriage. It doesn't have to end your relationship with God. It doesn't have to do that. But I don't want to be a fool and come into this and say that you're not going to be shaken. Because for those of us in this room that have walked through it, seen a loved one walk through it or walked through it ourselves or a very close friend, well, look, you know the truth is that you're shaken in it. But you don't have to be shaken apart. That's the hope that I want to give you this morning. Now, look, today, I want us to look at two things. Two things, that is, I look back on my journey, as I look back on my journey and dealing with with illness. There were a lot of things that I needed to get through. I needed my small group, I needed my family, I needed God's word, I needed, I needed worship, I needed so much stuff. But when I look, there are two things that honestly are the bedrock of the foundation. When I look back at my experience with this, I want us to talk about those two things today because I, I believe it's those two things that if we can put into place today if you can say, I- I'm going to put these two things into practice, then when illness strikes, you will be well on your way to being unshakable. So how? How do I, how can I start become unshakable even in illness? Well, here's the first thing. Decide now to stay faithful. Decide now to stay faithful. Look, when we think of something bad happening to people in the Bible, one of the very first characters that jumps into our mind is Job from the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with Job, uh, let me just give you a quick synopsis. Job was the most righteous man on earth at the time. Satan goes before God and says, hey God, you know the only reason that Job is faithful to you is because you bless him so much. If you let me go and remove all of his blessings you'll see that his faith in you is conditional. And after I remove blessings, he will curse you to your face. God turns to Satan and says, go for it. Look what happens in Job chapter two. After a series of unspeakable things take place to Job, he is struck with illness. In Job two, verses seven through 10, it says Satan left And caused painful sores to break out all over Job's body from head to toe. Then Job sat on the ash heap to show his sorrow. And while he was scraping his sores with a broken piece of pottery, his wife asked, Why do you still trust God? Why don't you curse him and die? Okay, time out. Hey, way to be the uh, encouraging wife right there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hey, thanks, hon. Really appreciate it band-aid don't worry about it yeah neosporin i'm good no hey thanks babe that was really that was great can we schedule another one of these in about five minutes yeah i know look at job's response now i want you to underline all of verse 10 job replied don't talk like a fool if we accept blessings from god we must accept trouble as well and all that job never once said anything against god Can you imagine being covered in such a great illness and sores from your head to your toe that it feels better to scrape the wounds with shards of pottery as opposed to just sitting there and doing nothing? It's unbelievable. Because look, here's what we find out in this passage. At the heart of illness... The very core, the real issue behind illness is faithfulness. See, Job decided a long time ago that he wasn't going to turn away from God. He decided that he would remain faithful. Interestingly enough, if you look at this passage, Job actually thinks that it's God who's causing all of this horrible things to happen in his life. He thinks that God is the one who gave him the source, while we know, looking back, that that's not true. But yet, does Job get angry at God? No. Does he curse God? No. Does he turn his back on God? No. Is he angry, bitter, all of those things toward him? No. Now, his wife obviously is. But he... He was not. You see, here's the key. You have to decide beforehand to remain faithful. You have to decide before tragedy strikes. You have to decide before you're sitting in the doctor's office getting the diagnosis you do not want to hear. You have to decide beforehand because When it strikes, honestly, you don't know what to do. When the boils come from head to toe, you don't know how to act. When the news comes, you don't know what to do. When the phone call, when the email, when illness strikes, in that moment, you do not know how to act. But if you decide now, today, to remain faithful no matter what, then you'll already know how to act. You see, Job made that decision. Job made the decision long long before it. Hey, if we're gonna accept God's blessings, well then we're also gonna accept any trouble that may come our way. He was not shaken apart. He was shaken. He was sorrowful. He was hurting. But he wasn't shaken apart. Job's wife was. She was shaken apart. She was shaken apart, watching a loved one of hers walk through illness to the point that she was basically cursing her husband. Why don't you curse God and die? I'm pretty sure that's not how their marriage was. I'm pretty sure that that wasn't the relationship that they had. Obviously, she had lost her trust and her faith in God And she was spiraling out of control. It's easy to see the two sides in their marriage of who made the decision beforehand and who didn't know how to act when illness struck and the choices that she made. Look, let me tell you this when illness strikes, it feels like God is not faithful. true. When illness hits, it feels like God is not being faithful to you. It feels like he's absent. It feels like he's not there. Because you think in, in your mind, well, if he was, then this wouldn't be happening. And when you're feeling like God is not faithful, well, then it's easy for us to abandon the whole thing. God is not unfaithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He is worthy of our praise. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-loving. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross. That if we place our faith in him, all of our sins and mistakes are forgiven and we can spend eternity with him in a place the Bible calls heaven. Look, God's worthiness is not dictated by the circumstances of our life. It is not dictated by how I feel in a moment of whether I feel God is faithful or not. No, God is worthy because my Bible tells me so. He is worthy, he is faithful, He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. But it's easy to forget that when you're lying on an operating bed prepping for surgery. It's easy to forget those things if you're sitting out in the waiting room getting reports from the doctor every hour that surgery goes on. It's easy to forget that when you're getting the news, and the diagnosis, and you're hearing what may come. It's easy to forget that when you're waiting by the phone to get the update, it's easy to forget. So decide today to stay faithful. Decide today to remain faithful. Now look, I'm not telling you that, that it, you're not, if you make the decision today that you shouldn't feel sad I'm not saying that you're not going to hurt. I'm not saying that you're not going to cry. No, emotionally, you're going to have those moments, and you're just going to absolutely lose it. But you know what you're not going to lose? You're not going to lose your faith. Is that instead of clenching your fist at God out of anger, you're going to embrace him. Instead of pushing God away, you're going to press into him and draw closer to him. Instead of feeling hopeless from maybe the news that the doctors tell you, you're going to run to his word and you're going to realize that there is hope in him. So choose today to remain faithful. Here's the second thing that got me through when I look back on my journey with illness. It's keep praying no matter what. Keep praying no matter what. What? Look, before we jump into 2 Samuel chapter 12, let me give you a quick little background. Uh, David, King David, has just been given word that through a series of unique circumstances specific to him, his infant newborn son is going to die. This is the story of what happens next. Look in your worship guide. It's chapter 12, verses 16 through 23. David begged God, to spare, the, to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of his household pleaded with him to get up and eat with him, but he refused. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. If he wouldn't listen to reason why the child was ill, they said, what drastic thing will he do when we tell him the child is dead? When David saw them whispering, he realized what has happened. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on losins, and changed his clothes. I want you to underline this next sentence. He went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. Did you catch that? Immediately after receiving news, he got up, washed himself, And he went to the tabernacle and worshiped. Here's what we know from that. David had already made the decision that no matter what may come, he was going to remain faithful. The decision was already made. So as soon as he got word, he already knew what he was gonna do. Look at how it keeps going. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. His advisors were amazed We don't understand you, they told him. While the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now that the child is dead, you've stopped your mourning and are eating again? David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, and underline this portion for me, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me. And let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I'll go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Real quick, did you see that last sentence? I will go to him one day. Biblical evidence that when infants die, they go to heaven. Did you hear that? For some of you in here, that is the reason why you are here today. That when an infant or newborn dies, they go to heaven. David knew the goodness of God that one day he would be reunited with his son. Look, there's something else I want you to see. David didn't stop praying. Even when the doctors, and even when he got word saying, look, this child is going to die one hundred percent it didn't stop him from taking drastic measures in prayer he continued to seek god asking god perhaps you will be gracious perhaps god you will be gracious to me and yes look i know that he didn't in david's case I, I know that it didn't happen that he wasn't healed in David's case. Uh, however, look, we don't have time to go through all the stories in the Bible that talk about healings, so I just listed some of them. Times that people prayed and cried out to God, cried out to God that perhaps he would be gracious, and he did. So here, look, sign not your notes, so just listen up. Miriam was healed of leprosy after Moses prayed for her. Peter prays for a man, Aeneas, who had become bedridden for eight years, and he was healed. Peter prays for Tabitha, who actually died and she was brought back to life. Paul was healed of blindness when he was prayed for by Ananias. Paul prays for a chief officer's son and he is healed of a raging fever and dysentery. Paul prays for Epaphroditus when he is on his death's door and is healed. Jesus heals countless numbers of people and the pinnacle comes when he raises Lazarus from the dead. Look, In our own church here at the park, Tony Gambone was healed of Crohn's disease after he was prayed for. After Melissa Ingalls was prayed for, she was healed of cancer while she was pregnant. Ken English was healed of chronic back pain when he was prayed for. Johnny Gonzalez had a broken arm, and his arm was healed when his small group prayed for him. I could go on and on and on, but look, what I want you to see, what all of these have in common, is that people prayed, and God answered and was gracious. Look, there is that feeling of hopelessness that we talked about earlier and it is simply, God we are asking you to do something that we cannot do. And God in his graciousness healed. So when you find yourself in those moments, pray. Don't stop praying no matter what. Keep praying. Do not stop. I want to show you a video of a family in our church and how God was gracious to them. Let's go ahead and roll the video. Uh, I'm Wes Dempsey, this is my wife Rhonda.
1: And we have two kids. We have um, a daughter that's now 12, her name is Leah Dempsey. She was um, very adamant that she needed a sister. And we had another baby and her name was Ashton. Was around April, the national one was three. She ha- sat on her little potty and she um, went to the bathroom and the whole toilet was filled with blood. I called the doctor and she said bring her in she probably has a UTI and we'll treat it and I thought in my heart this is not right. We started her on antibiotics and antibiotics weren't working and things were getting worse. My doctor said we need to get an ultrasound. We waited by the red phone to get a call from our pediatrician who said, we're gonna ambulance you over to the main campus. She has a very large tumor in her bladder. And um, I got a call. I was standing out here one morning and the phone rang. The doctor on the other end said, I don't have very good news for you. And I couldn't even breathe. And she said, Ashlyn has a very aggressive cancer. I was so angry. I was so confused in my life. I hated I hated God. I was so angry. Um, she was already in stage four, and um, we had to work fast. To look down in recovery at your three-year-old and see a big old port coming out of her skin. And she said, Mommy, what is this? he said, that's where your medicine's gonna go. It's gonna make you all better. (laughs) What are you gonna say?
0: It's just pure adrenaline to go that long
1: and watch your baby go through that. After the second round of chemo, we went in for our first
0: CT scan to uh, see if the treatment was working. We got there. Doctor walks in, your heart stops, stop breathing, and he's just smiling. He's like, the treatment's working, and at that point, I just, I just, I, I just let it all go. It was amazing to get that news.
1: The night before her surgery, I was crying, and she said, "Mommy, why are you crying?" I said because you are such a miracle she said mommy you know I talk to God all the time and I said you do what does he say and with all of her heart all of her soul she said he tells me he loves me all the time and you don't have to worry about me and I just started crying We got her up, she got into a wheelchair, and she started walking around. She said, I wanna walk. She was amazing, she was smiling. She said, mommy, I'm gonna be fine, you worry too much. And we got back on our treatment. The 23rd day, we walked in, she got our last treatment, and she rang the bell. And everybody started clapping for her, and I thought, thank you for letting her finish this. I started getting a little more hope. I started seeing some signs of maybe God is here. We were so happy. We never thought the end would come. We never saw, we never saw the light at the end of the tunnel through all of this until we got closer to that port removal. It was the first time I was ever able after surgery to go into her with a smile on my face and give her some good news. And we came home and that's when we started our new life. Lee is back into our life again. We spend every ounce of our time together because until something happens like that, you run full speed, fast pace, and you forget about what's important. And I prayed every night that God, if you if you can just heal her and 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 give her a chance to live out her life, I will share your glory and your story with everybody I come across. I'm
0: Ashlyn and I'm cancer free. But <laughs> yeah. there's so many parts of their story that we, we just couldn't capture in the deal. It'd be more like a movie. Uh, one of the moments that I remember is very early on in Ashlyn's journey we, a bunch of friends and family, there were probably about 40, 45 of us, that gathered in their home one night for prayer. And while we were there, literally praying outside, right where that video was filmed, uh, a doctor called. And I don't remember all of the details, but I remember we stopped. And it was that moment of like, oh my goodness, like we're all praying, this is going to be the phone call that says, dude, our bad, she doesn't have cancer, like, it's totally all taken care of. But it wasn't, it, it was more horrible news. Um. But I just remember what we did is we just stopped and we just kept on praying. We just kept on praying and asking God, God, would you please be gracious? Would you please be gracious and would you heal Ashlyn? And he did. Here's what I want you to walk away with today. There's hope. And you can do this. For those of you that are dealing with this right now, we would love to pray for you. That's why we have moved our prayer portion to the end of the service. We're going to have a time where if there's anything going on in your life, specifically an illness, we'd love to have the chance to pray for you. But look, it doesn't have to be illness. If anything's going on in your life, we'd love to have the chance to pray for you. But I want you to decide today that you are going to remain faithful, no matter what may come. And I want you to pray. And I want you to pray. And I want you to pray. pray. So before we get to our time of worship, I want everybody to pull out your connection card. Flip it over on the back, and I want you to take a step or next step based on the message this morning. Maybe for you, it's this first one. I will tell God today that I will remain faithful to following him no matter what happens in the future. Is that you? Would you make that decision today? How about the next one? I will stop being mad at God for something that happened in my past. Are you still struggling in your relationship with God because something happened? Look, choose today to not be mad at God. Don't shake your fist at him, but embrace him. I'm asking God to be gracious and to heal someone I know. Maybe for you it's the next one. I commit that when I pray for healing, I will not stop praying. It's not a one-time prayer and then you're done. It is ongoing. Do not stop. Maybe for you it's this last one. I want to come and be Christ follower today for the very first time in my life. Like I talked about earlier, there's never come a time where you've asked Christ to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior, and commit to your life to follow Him. Would you do it right now? There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. You know, I want us to take 30 seconds. In just a second, I want everybody to bow your head. And I want you to look at these next steps, and I want you to truly commit to the next step that you've taken. I'll give you 30 seconds. At that time, if you want to become a Christ follower, then pray that sample prayer at the bottom. But let's take 30 seconds and let's do business with God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a good God, a faithful God, a worthy God, and a God who loves. God, in that who you are is not dictated by our circumstances or how we feel in life. Lord, I praise you, and I thank you. God, I thank you for every day that I had with my dad for the two years, the four months, and the 29 days that I had with him after his diagnosis. God, I thank you, God, that for those of us in this room, God, that now we are, can stand here and say, God, we may be shaken when illness strikes, but we will not be shaken apart. We will not abandon you, God, but we will remain faithful. We will pray and we will cry out to you, God, in our hopelessness, God, you give us hope. So, God, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would come upon this place. God, I ask that your spirit would reside here in our lives, God, enabling us and strengthening us no matter what may come. We love you. And we ask it all in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash fellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.